Welcome to EM Healing, which is hosted by myself, Mahatma Star Seed. And when you dive into our episodes, you are going to be inspired to grow, to shift, to reflect on your inner wealth. If you are looking to find a new way of living, you have found it. So enjoy this wonderful episode that we're tuning into right now. Hello, much love and light, everyone. This is Mahatma Starseed. You are tuning in to another awesome episode of EM Healing. We are here diving into a brand new conversation. I have a co-host with me. We'll be talking about bonding with our mediumship. And Michelle Claire has came on to have a cosmic conversation about bonding with our mediumship. So I'm going to let her share with us who she is first before we dive into this conversation. So take it away, Michelle. Oh, hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm honored to be here today. I really am. Um, So yeah, I'm Michelle Claire. I am a psychic medium and angel communicator. Um, I do healing energy work. I do spiritual coaching, life coaching. Um, All of this really started coming about after my three near-death experiences. I do believe mediumship is a gift that we all have. Um, It's just a matter of training it, honing it, and learning how to work with it. So my story kind of started when I was 12 years old and my grandfather passed away. And what I found at that time was that he and I were still communicating and connected. And I would tell my mom about this. And my mom would say, I think that's what you think grandpa would say if he was still here. And so I quickly learned to realize this story or this message between me and grandpa was going to stay between us. And then what happened was a few years later, my grandmother passed away and I had the same experience. I I did not know this was mediumship because that wasn't a word that was in my vocabulary. I just knew we still had this connection and communication. Then in April 2000, I had my first near-death experience. And at that point in time, I was visiting my sister-in-law in in the hospital. She had had a baby that morning. And I was out in the hallway talking to my friend from high school, who was actually her RN, and I had a seizure. At that point in time, I was on the ground, and I remember opening my eyes, and I was in this beautiful white room where the walls seemed to be solid and yet every molecule every cell in them was alive and breathing and it was radiating this light and love and as I looked up I saw that I was laying with my head in my grandma's lap and she looked like the youngest most healthy version of her that I could remember Mm. as I was laying there I was just in awe of the sense that there was no time, there was unconditional love, there was completeness, wholeness. It was amazing. And as I looked up next to my grandmother, I saw this 12 foot angel standing next to her. And this angel was absolutely radiant, um, also radiating this light and love. And as I looked at her, I immediately thought, oh, I want to see her feather wings. So I went to look for her wings. Mm -hmm. And what I saw was that her wings were not feathers. They were actually made out of light and they were 
iridescent and kind of translucent. And they reminded me of the Aurora Borealis, the way that they would wave and move through time and space. And that she was just stunning. And in my mind, I thought, what is your name? And what I found out was she could hear what I was thinking because she answered me. She said her name was Madeline and she was one of my guardian angels. And I remember being surprised. I, I was not aware of telepathic communication before that. And I was just like, oh, wow, she, she heard me. And I knew I had not uttered any words. And so as I laid in this energy and in this beautiful space, I was just soaking it up, this awareness and this connection to this higher realm. Then the next thing I know, I hear them yelling code, 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 and I was back in my body. And it happened very quickly. And it felt so heavy and so dense. My arm felt like it weighed 500 pounds when I came back into this earth plane. Wow. Wow. That's an amazing, uh, you know, vision to experience. And, you know, being able to share that um, so detailed, like my brain was just like, you know, just a feeling that, you know, that ambiance of like, you know, peace in, in, in a place of like love and light, like, you know, it just, it has like this light feeling. And a lot of, a lot of people, I feel like, you know, go through experiences and they get so scared, right. You know, from their visions that they have that sometimes they just block it out and they don't really um, pay attention to it. So I know that you said like at that point, you also like were experiencing your, your grandmother's energy being there as well. Uh, was that one of the things that like led you to start practicing more of your mediumship at that point? You know, I still did not start to practice it. I just had what I would say is a stronger channel and a stronger connection to spirit. So I would get more information, um, but I still was really good about keeping this to myself and not sharing it with other people. <laughs> so, but it definitely was an opening and an awareness. And I, I always believed in angels. I just never realized until that day, what exactly I was believing in the benevolence, the unconditional love, the support, the size, the um, compassion. It just, wow. Talk about putting a face to a name, uh, put an energy to a name. It was life-changing. Right. Yeah. You definitely hold that ambiance for this, the, the, uh, the angels. Like I feel, I can feel that. Like just when we first were meeting behind the scenes before we started recording, it was just like, like this, like, wow, like, uh, like chorusy kind of a vibe of just like heavenly energies. And I think that's pretty, you know, stellar vibe to have. And and it is something that, you know, especially like speaking about like the 2000s, like that was like the Y2K time. Like people thought that internet was going to break around then. <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> that is so true. And everybody was hoarding and stockpiling water and all of those things. Yes. And for you to come in and say, like, I was talking to my grandmother in between all of this. They're like, what? <laughs> right. We're all going to be OK. Don't worry. No need to hoard. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So, like, I feel like, you know, now is at such a pivotal time that you really see a lot more mediumship 
um, coming into the forefront of everyday life. And um, it's interesting because I think that you're like the first mediumship individual that also does coaching, intuitive coaching. I usually don't see that kind of chemistry together. Um, do you find that you get a lot more clients that are interested in both or are you still getting like, you know, a little bit of that, a little bit of that? And how does that feel for you being yeah. you? Well, right, exactly. No, I would say I attract the exact right clients for me. So I have the people who really come to me and they're like, look, I'm ready to do the work. I'm ready to do the life change. Where do we go from here? And so it's not just about life coaching, but I'm able to tap into their spirit team, their loved ones, their angels, mm -hmm. and their life guides who are all around them. There's not a better place I can go for direct information on what this person needs to know, what we need to heal, what direction we need to take, and where we need to go. So it's really, um, it's a phenomenal tool because it's not me as a human guessing what you need or trying to figure it out. It's me going to your direct soul or going to your loved ones and saying, okay, what do we need to know? Right. Right. Isn't it easier that way? But oh, like, yes. Let me give you so advice easier. that's been watching you much more longer than I have. <laughs> right. That has known you your whole life. And I met you five minutes ago. It's so yeah. much easier. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely feel that vibe because, you know, I, I practice letting people know that I can feel their ancestors. And I know that that's a weird thing for people to hear because mm -hmm. they think that, you know, a lot of people feel like they're just bringing themselves to the table. And I'm at a place right now where I'm, I'm opening up and letting people know that if I've been brought into your life, it was definitely because of ancestor that felt like you need, you needed me there. Right. There are no accidents. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, and I always tell people like our ancestors and spirit guides are watching us just like we watch whatever famous show from back of the days, just like we watch friends, mm -hmm. you know, they're watching us adamantly as well. So, you know, being able to like open up that leading leadership, you know, of direction for, for a soul in their life is um, really expounding. Um, yes. So I would act like I would like to ask you, where do you feel like it start getting more comfortable for you to expound on these gifts? Because I know there's a lot of people out there that um, they're most likely getting more in tune with the mediumship abilities when someone does pass away when they're like really close to them. So, you know, what, what are, were some things that you were realizing that you were starting to just accept it? Right. After, so after this, this first near death experience, I was really able to accept, yep, we have angels that want to help us. We all have guardian angels. Yep. I saw my grandma. I feel my grandpa. We're still communicating, but I still didn't have the word mediumship. So I didn't know that I was doing mediumship. Um, but I just had an awareness and I was okay with that. At this point in time, though, I still felt like it was my own private relationship and there wasn't anything I needed to share with anyone outside of me and grandma and me and grandpa, if that makes sense. So I would say I still held it close. And then, and then about six years later, I had my next near-death experience. And this also expanded it to another 
another level. So in May 2006, I was a stay-at-home mom. I had a five-year-old, a two-and-a-half-year-old, and an infant. And after I had my son, I had had multiple complications. I was in the hospital about four out of six weeks following him. And they said, okay, we need to do a DNC because I was having infections. And basically that is a procedure. It's a 45 minute outpatient procedure where they clear out your uterus, send you home. And they thought they would, that would take care of my problems. Mm -hmm. So the night before I just had this gut knowing, I don't think this is going to go well. I probably shouldn't do this. And yet they had reassured me how easy it would be piece of cake. You'll be fine after this. So I went ahead and did it. And I had had anesthesia before this. And whenever I've had anesthesia, it's always just a blank space. I don't have dreams. I don't have memories. There's nothing there. But I remember counting backwards for the anesthesiologist this day. And then the next thing I know, I am on the gurney in the operating room. And I had this beautiful white shepherd who had passed away a few years before that. Her name was Tahoe. She walked into the operating room, laid her head on my gurney, and we were gone. And we were on this phenomenal beach. And on this beach, there were colors and flowers that I had never seen before. Once again, every drop of water, every cell and every flower and plant and molecule of light was radiating this light and love. And it was so complete. And there was no time here because what I noticed is she and I, we were running on this beach. And once again, I'm looking at her and I can telepathically communicate with her. And she is happy that I'm there. And and we are running and I never get hot and I never get tired and I never get thirsty. And Mm -hmm. the sand that we're running on feels like clouds. It's very soft. And I just realized like, It felt like we were running forever. And yet all it was, was each step, each breath, each step, each breath. There was truly no time there. So while I was on this phenomenal beach with her, I energetically could feel my six week old son calling to me because he knew I was getting ready to leave. And I remember going to him and I remember telling him, I will find a way to stay. I will find a way to stay. And the next thing I know, I'm praying, basically, I'm saying, it's not my time. My kids still need me. I'm not ready. And I'm back in the operating room. And I feel Jesus come in. But Jesus comes in almost as my friend, not as above me or anything else, just there to assist. And I see the operating room light up. And then the next thing I know, I'm back in my body and I'm waking up and my 45 minute procedure had turned into a three and a half hour emergency surgery because they had ruptured my uterus in two places and missed my aorta by less than a millimeter. They couldn't even stitch it. They had to pack it. Wow. Um, yeah. So that, um, when I came back, I remember so clearly being with my son being with my dog. And one of the big lessons I learned from that is when you're in spirit, you can be in more than one place at a time. Um, Up until that point, I didn't realize that. I thought we were always in one place at a time. In our human form, we are. We have a body. It anchors us here. But in spirit, you can be in multiple places at a time. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. I love love the way that you explain yourself. It's so refreshing. (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, well, yeah. You know, I, you know, being able to tell, you know, how much someone is doing the work, mm-hmm. you know, and bringing that awareness through the conversation is just so vital. And um, I'm, I definitely am appreciative. I'm, I'm so thankful for hearing you being able to explain these, you know, these experiences um, with, with such a neutral, um, what's this word called? Interpretation. Mm, thank right? you. Yeah. Because um, when we're coming through this experience and being able to understand that, um, regardless if we're in our physical wake or our non-physical wake, there's still things happening in both. Absolutely. Right. And um, and how we're able to um, relay that information to ourselves, it helps us to be able to move through life, you know, uh, at a more um, graceful, sacred space. Uh, I'm, I'm a firm believer of, you know, just even referencing the first NDE story that you have with your brain, you know, like, I always see like, how is that being connected to like, um, non-physically and, and knowing that you can be spiritually in attunement. And when we're not connecting to what our greatest gift is, you know, we, we end up suffering from that area. Right. So like the, the, um, seizure, it was like, you know, a wake up call for your spirit to like, you know, I got to start experiencing some things. Right. And then when you are sharing this next story, um, of, of you being going through that surgery and, and seeing like, you know, this was supposed to be a quick, you know, operation. It ended up being more, but even though it was more, I received more Intel in having to go through that challenge, you know, than maybe if I didn't. Right. Oh, absolutely. And so, so much awareness and so much, yes, there's just, there was so much there. And one of the things I loved, my beautiful dog was there. So very often as a medium, people come to me, what about our pets? They are good. That movie, mm-hmm. all dogs go to heaven, all animals go to heaven. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. they have, they have, they do have souls and they have pure souls that, that are ready to proceed to the next place. <clears throat> oh, I'm a firm believer that my, my dog passed away about uh, 10, 12 years now. I'm a firm believer that he is, he is a keeper, you know, mm-hmm. for sure. <laughs> and, and I can feel, I can feel that energy and I enjoy being able to see the ways of embracing it. And, and what is this energy telling me and how can I empower myself, you know, instead of being scared. And that's a big part of my conversation uh, of being here and having this platform and, and just opening it up because, you know, so many people see my, my live streams, you know, my posting, and I'm, I'm just so visual with all of the elements of being that, you know, some people still are stuck on, are you doing like some witchy stuff or, you know, that voodoo stuff. And, and I, I like to tell people, you know what it is, I'm doing all of it. The difference is I'm not excluding it, you know, 
all of those things, they're doing just a piece of it. So I'm taking the piece is, and I'm putting them together in formation for what, what I'm experiencing. Mm -hmm. And, and that's, what's helping me to lead more in my day-to-day life, being able to bond more when I do feel my, my ancestors pulling on me, um, or my spirit guides being able to uplift me, um, to show my attention, to like pay attention to like a now moment. Uh, I cherish those moments. Mm -hmm. And I know that some people, you know, just like, just like being like in recent conversations with, you know, clients that I've had and a lot of people get stuck in their heart space on being able to share, you know, just simple messages, um, of like of an ancestor, you know, calling out to remind them of something. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I want to be able to set like a more of a, of a higher tone around um, the phases of death, because it's not just, you know, that one moment when the, when the, when the spirit leaves the body, I feel like there's a lot, I'm, I'm for sure there's a lot more phases of death that, you know, we can prepare ourselves for Mm -hmm. once, once we start leaning more as a community into our mediumship and, and, and not just leave it to like, like you were saying before, like, it's not just one set individual, like there's certain people like Michelle Claire that has an amazing connection. (laughs) (laughs) And then there's other people that are just still like, I think I have the connection, but I, I, I don't know how to grasp hold of it, or I don't know how to um, anchor into that. Uh, so like, what do you feel is the best way for like people to start educating themselves? Um, like what was like the first thing that you looked into, uh, to start accepting more of your ability? Right. So I, I actually did not start accepting them yet after my second near death experience. It wasn't until my third, Um, where I was really given a choice. And and I'll tell you about that and what the road that that led me down. So that one happened on November 1st, 2011. For people who like numbers, that's a lot of ones, 11-111. And I was up on a ladder. I was about 12 feet off the ground and I was in my kitchen. I have candles that light up by battery automatically every night and I was changing them. And my oldest daughter was at school. My younger two were home, five and eight years old. And I said to them, as soon as I put this candle back up, we're going to go get your sister. And as I climbed up the ladder, I got towards the top and I felt it start to shift. And I thought, oh, this is going to hurt. Like I knew it was going to go down. At that moment, I was literally ripped out of my body, not in a painful way, but in a fast way. Mm -hmm. I was turned around. I was facing my body and the ladder suspended in the air. And I was standing with three people that I did not know. Um, I'd never seen them before, but they felt like longtime family or friends. I felt like they knew everything about me. And we were standing in that eternal space. Mm -hmm. And they said to me, what would you like to do? Do you want to stay or do you want to go? And I remember looking at my body and thinking, this is interesting. My body's going to hit the floor in a second. And they're not rushing me. I have forever to decide. There was no hurry. (laughs) There was no time. And as I was standing there looking at my body in the ladder, I saw this beautiful angel, a different angel than my first near-death experience. And it came in, it was dressed in red and gold. 
and went beautiful red and gold. And when I saw this angel, I knew immediately it was there to either make things work out so that I could stay or to take me home. Mm. And the next thing I remember is seeing my two kids in the kitchen. And as soon as I saw them, I knew I needed to stay. And as soon as I made this decision, none of this was made with words. I was in my, in my head. I said, oh my gosh, you know, they're my kids. I need to stay. As soon as I said that, I was downloaded with a ton of information. And some of that I'm still, I'm still recalling today. So I, it, it didn't all come through in the memory at the time, but I remember being told, okay, you can stay, but you need to go back and you need to do your mediumship. You need to help people in the way that you can. And it's great that you're a stay-at-home mom. That is a part of your purpose. That is not your only purpose, you know? And, and so I just got downloaded with a bunch of information. I also remember being given the information that most likely my marriage would not survive it if I became a medium. Um, but this was a deal I was willing to take to come back and raise the kids. And so I came back into my body. Um, I fell, obviously. I hit the back of my head on the corner of my granite island in my kitchen. I had a five and a half inch skull fracture, a brain bleed. I lost my taste, my smell, part of my hearing, my equilibrium. Um, and basically, I literally survived the fall by half an inch because I missed my brain stem by half an inch. And that was the difference of being here or not. And I know it was the angel that moved my head just enough. And so, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So after that, um, obviously I was in the hospital. It took a long time to recover. Um, and it was, that was November 1st. And then in the end of January, 2012, my grandfather who had passed away when I was 12 came through to me and he actually manifested in front of me. So as a medium spirit doesn't usually manifest in front of me, but he did. And he talked about my accident and he talked about my head injury and preceding this, my son who was five had been very depressed because he had tried to call 911 and his call didn't go through. So he felt like he hadn't helped me and his eight-year-old sister's call had gone through. So when my grandfather came through for this visit, he said, you need to get the 911 recording. There's something on there. You should know. Well, I didn't even know I could get the 911 recording. So I went down and I I ordered it. It took a couple of weeks to come in and I, and then I played it and I heard them say 911, what's your emergency? And I heard my son, Josh say in this little broken voice, Sophie, what do I say? And then he laid the phone down. So his call had gone through. He had just called literally in the trauma of the moment mm-hmm. and had almost forgotten. So for the next minute and a half, 911 is trying to get their attention. He says, I'm going to go push the panic alarm. She says, hold on, let me call 911. She hangs up the phone and her call goes through. So what I found when he came home from kindergarten that day, I said to him, I said, Josh, I said, your call went through help was coming. And it was like, I lifted this 10,000 pound weight off this little boy's chest. And I could not have done that without my grandfather coming through and giving me the information that I did not have. So after that experience, I started getting 
more information for other people that I knew from their loved ones. I had a friend whose husband had transitioned by suicide, start contacting me and giving me information. And I'll be real honest. My next step was to find a psychologist because I was like, something is wrong here. <laughs> this, is, this is not right. And luckily a spirit would have it. They led me to the right psychologist who said, Michelle, what a gift. Think of all the people you can help. And I was kind of like, well, what? Um, <laughs> And so she actually helped me find a medium who was local in town that she had been to see a few times. And I started mentoring. So I started mentoring with other mediums and healers and people that have different modalities that I love. And I really learned how to hone this gift so that I can actually use it on demand, access it when I want and grow it. And so I do not believe that I'm special compared to anyone else. You need a soul to be able to do mediumship or psychic, you know, work. And we all have that. And so it is something that every person can grow and train and hone in on. I love that. Cause, uh, somebody asked me, uh, who, how do you know who Starseed is? And I said, if they have a navel, call them Starseed. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's pretty much that simple, right? <laughs> yeah and and just being able to say like okay well where what star system am I coming from but does it make you any less of any star than any other star in the sky you know it's right it's just understanding your closeness closeness and proximity of you know of where you're observing life I feel like is you know where you're gonna get hit um the more of a shine right mm. absolutely and well, and I like that because too, I would say the different um, alien races, they have different qualities and characteristics. So depending on where you resonate, the strongest would probably be one of the qualities or characteristics you would bring into this lifetime. Exactly, exactly. And I really love being able to help our people connect from that leg of lineage Mm -hmm. you know so that they can uh resonate with their frequency more because you know I'll I remember I forgot who what I was listening to but they were they were saying that we're not given any specific special gift we're just given the ability to create and co-create with our creator and whatever we resonates with us the most gets to be what we get to create in. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's the energy. So it's, it's really where you put your focus, your thought, your attention, right? So um, when people wake up and have a million reasons to have a bad day, the universe will show them a million more. <laughs> and when, and when they wake up and they find one reason to have a good day, the universe will show them more reasons to have a good day. So you really do find what you're looking for energetically. And we are all creating our realities you can take any situation have two different people there and they'll see it differently and mm -hmm. they've just created their reality in that moment and one person might say oh that was a terrible experience and the other one might say wow i learned so much yeah yeah for sure like listening to you uh it reminds me like i feel my reflection in you because and which it's nice to hear because usually when i tell my stories 
it kind of sounds the same way. And I used to, people used to tell me like, your story sounds too fairy tale. And I'm like, did you not hear what I just said? Yeah. Right. Did you not hear I died three times? It wasn't easy. <laughs> <laughs> I just know how to accept my reality. <laughs> well, and I'm so glad you're saying that because actually when I came back from my third near death experience and I had lost my equilibrium, my smell, my taste, um, I actually somehow managed to come back with an attitude of gratitude, being able to be thankful that I was still here, that I was going to learn, be able to raise my kids, that I could hug them each night. And people would say to me, like, how can you, how can you, you've lost so much. How can you seem okay with that? <laughs> my focus was I got to stay to raise my kids. Um, so it is about what you choose to focus on. And, and you know what, it might sound fairy tale because I do have people that say like, wow, you know, that could never happen to me and, and things like that. <clears throat> well, number one, you don't have to go through a near-death experience to have an out-of-body experience or a spiritual experience. So I will always say the universe will meet you where you are. They'll tap you on the shoulder and knock you off a ladder. You choose, right? <laughs> so start paying attention to the taps on the shoulder. We're all having spiritual experiences because we are spirit. You said something so pivotal. I'm writing it down. Start paying attention to that tap on your shoulder. Don't act like it's not there. <laughs> right. That's right. I mean, spirit is always wanting to get our attention to remind us that we are powerful creators. Yes. Yes. And if you don't, they'll knock you off the ladder. <laughs> yeah. I mean, let's hope not, but uh, right. I, I've had that happen. So, right. I, um, I always tell people that you support your challenges by helping them to be less volatile mm -hmm. you know turn that physical push off of the ladder into a non-physical push off of the ladder and 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 then you can work more you know and and feeling like um because I always like to tell people you're never not going to go through dilemma you how are you going to develop <laughs> right, right. Life is going to happen. It's just, how are you going to handle it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And being able to uh, see the, the trinity of life, right? There's always a positive, there's always a negative, and there's always a neutral. And if you can learn to view life from the neutral, you'll always get to see the positive and the negative. Mm -hmm. But if you're staying on one side of the leg, well, then it's going to be difficult for you to be able to balance that because you're always going to have to reweigh, you know, am I supposed to be super positive here or super negative? But if you just stay right there in the neutral and just, right. be, and just be able to give out, you know, what you can, you know, then, then there's a lot less judgment, but that takes a whole bunch of soul work, right? We make it sound good. <laughs> oh yeah. I, I mean, I think that takes human work. Our soul work does that naturally. Our soul right. is naturally neutral. Our soul already loves the people that in our humanness we hate. Um, so our soul does it naturally. It's funneling that down into the little itty bitty tiny, tiny human mind <laughs> and life that we're living. That is the challenge, right? That is putting a a camel through the eye of a needle right there. Yeah, you, you hit me in a really good place because uh, it's a great way to explain that to our spiritual people because a lot of people get so caught up with the divine that they forget that they still have to do that human work. Right, exactly. <laughs> well, and this is what I'll often tell my clients. 
that are all worried about us getting back to the oneness and we must get back to the oneness. And I say, well, yeah, that, that would be nice, but you left the oneness to come here and you will return to it. So don't devalue your experience as an individual. Your soul chose to come here for this hundred years to be individual. You came from the oneness, you shall return there. Right. There's something about this being an individual right now, though, that is important for you or your soul wouldn't be here. Yes. 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 Snaps to that, Michelle. Snaps <laughs> to that. Snaps to that. Are you calling yourself yet like divine, Michelle? Because you definitely, <laughs> you definitely should be wearing. <laughs> no, thank you. No, I'm just calling myself Michelle. Just, just the stay-at-home mom next door. That's, <laughs> that's how it's I. The diva on the corner. <laughs> oh, no, thank you. No, I think. I mean, listen. The stories of my life are the stories of other people's lives. They've shown up in different ways. But here's one thing that I know now. There's really no prayer on earth that hasn't been prayed before by someone else. There really mm -hmm. isn't. Think about the eons of life that have been here, right? And, and so what that means is the, the ancestor, because I know you like ancestors, the ancestor mm -hmm. that came before us and prayed that same prayer is now amplifying that same prayer we're praying and we are amplifying the prayer that they prayed. So the energy has no time and space. It is all happening right here, right now. And, and when you whisper that prayer for your loved one or your friend or who the stranger on the street, it's been prayed before. And it's now being amplified by your energy and the energy of the loved ones who preceded you. Yeah, yeah. I, like you're the echo of the call. Like you're mm -hmm. the answer of the prayer that came before you. And mm -hmm. how can we bring sacred, um, resonance to that and and honor that and i i really you know though that knowing really helps me to hold my stick steady mm -hmm. you know because i've got to be my answer right because i was born from the prayers yes and they always say once you pray on it it's it's done you know so it's all about just setting up the situation so that that prayer can easily be answered. Absolutely. And I do believe in pre-life planning. So I don't know if you've talked about that on your show before or not, but I 100% believe in pre-life planning. And to me, what that means is our soul, before we incarnate into our human body, picks out a spirit team. We pick out our angels, our life guides, our loved ones, our ancestors who are going to be on this team, which each of us have, and they're going to support us in our, in our soul's mission and the soul's lessons that we want to learn. So no one is on planet earth accidentally. Um, nobody, oops, snuck in here. That's not how the universe works. You are all here with multiple purposes, multiple plans of things that you want to achieve for your soul's growth and evolution in this lifetime. And most importantly, none of us are doing it alone. Now we have humans around us, but we have a very powerful spiritual team around each of us too. Yes, yes, I definitely, I love that you said that. Thank you for adding uh, that, that ad lib in, into this platform. I definitely tell that to people. I like to tell, you know, our, our fellow beings, you know, 
think about it as conscious as you are and as anal as you are, you can't even go 24 to 72 hours without planning some part of your day. Do you really think you stepped into this planet without some type of planning? Come on. <laughs> right, right. That there was no plan and it's an oops and an accident. Somehow you slipped through the cracks and ended up here. Not going to happen. Yeah. So yeah, I definitely, I definitely believe in um, pre-life planning. I've never heard it in that format. So thank you for, you know, putting that into a sound form because it is something that uh, that's a topic that I feel like is going to be expanding for our people more because we're learning to set up our understanding that we are our own universe. And mm -hmm. because of that, we have everything, you know, that we see the outside universe has. We also have that within and it's just learning to bring more resonance to that, you know, more space and capacity to that. And yeah, that is, it is going to slow our lives down, but it's going to pace our lives up into a more realistic setting is, is how I feel. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, um, we spoke a lot about, you know, expanding from, you know, your experience, our experience of this of mediumship lifestyle. Um, and we're rounding out to the end. So this is a great time to just add some like empowered tips uh, as, as for those people that may have experienced NDEs, how can they empower themselves um, to get through any hump? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so the power that each of us holds as an individual is the power in how we choose to perceive the life that is happening around us. So we can perceive it as bad, we can perceive it as good, we can perceive it as neutral. But what I would say is that spirit is always using you to move to your next level or for your highest good. So one of the things for people who've had NDEs or those people who haven't, your power is in your free will choice of how you want to view situations. Um, and whenever you can look at it from the lighter side or the brighter side, the more I want to say good energy you are bringing into yourself and into this planet. So one of the other things that's really important for people to know is your soul actually did not come here to serve everyone else. Your soul came here to serve itself. And by serving itself, that's how you serve everyone else. So I, I will never be someone who buys in. Like you should not just sacrifice yourself for everyone and serve, serve, serve. But what happened is when you start following your soul's purpose, you naturally help others and serve them by doing whatever it is you do, by having an amazing podcast that grows people, by working as a medium so they connect to themselves and others, whatever it is you're doing, if your purpose is serving its soul, own soul growth, it naturally serves others. So don't make life more complicated than it has to be. That is beautiful. I love that. And and just to, you know, add another tip to that, uh, allow yourself to explore. I always tell people, explore the different areas. Uh, there's many different, per se, genres of mediumship. Um, there's, there's definitely different genres of people that get together that talk about uh, near-death experiences. And, and allow you to find your kindred, you know, in, in, in common places that are looking to uplift yourself. You know, especially when we're going to look in darker places of ourselves that we may have, you know, kept close knit and we're not too sure about who to speak to that, uh, being able to, you know, 
uh, test the waters and, and don't just force yourself into a group because like, oh, they're mediums. I have to be here. Like you don't obligate yourself to be somewhere just because of a title. Make sure you allow that, that, that use that moment to listen to that tap on your shoulder and be like, should I go to this group or not? Or continue on. Absolutely. I love that. Oh, I love that. So this has been awesome, phenomenal conversation. Thank you so much, Michelle, for coming on the show. Please, before you go, let the audience know how can they find you and learn more about what you do. Thank you so much. Yes, you can find me at Michelle, M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E, Claire, C-L-A-R-E dot net. And there you will see my upcoming events in person and online. You will also have the opportunity to book a one-on-one session with me and we can dive into um, many different things. Whatever it is you're looking for, we can find the answers and definitely get a lot closer to it. Phenomenal. Thank you so much. And for those of you out there that are looking to find more conscious content on a live platform, you can always check me out on YouTube, Elite Motivation 411. You can find more uh, conscious creators out there that are spreading the goodwill in light of what they're going through in these current now times. So until then, please enjoy the rest of your day and keep on healing through your sight and sound. This is Mahatma. Peace and light.